1: The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation. And, of course, uh, you're listening to The C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. If you don't get both hours of the show, one and two, be sure to download the free C.L. Bryant Show app, The C.L. Bryant Show app, onto your favorite. Device. Follow us on Twitter at RevCLBryant, uh, R E V C L Bryant. The website, of course, is theCLBryantShow.com. And I want to thank our flagship station, Red State Talk, the largest talk platform. In the nation, and if you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above Ripley's. Believe it or not, and the Red State Talk billboard is right there above Ripley's. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does cycle through 24 hours a day, and old C.L. Bryant's face is looking right back at you. I want to thank all the terrestrial stations who replay the show throughout the fruited plains, uh, and of course, uh, I. Want want to thank Loving Liberty for bringing us into their family as well as we broadcast throughout the Fruited Plains. Hey, folks, there is a lot going on. Last night, of course, we had, um, well, of course, the debates and all of that is is going on. And you have uh, the 21 or 22 dwarfs uh, that are trying to uh, unseat Donald Trump running. And uh, we'll investigate and look at a lot of that in the second hour. So be sure to stay tuned uh, for it. Uh, There are some things that we want to look at as far as uh, two murders that occurred in Chicago. They were actually workers' moms who were working to help quell the gang violence there. They were shot to death. Over this past weekend, I wanted to deal with it on um, this past week, this on yesterday, but have not had a chance to do it. There's a great tragedy that's going on there. In fact, our nation is facing uh, a lot of turmoil that is being generated, I think, for political purposes. There's a political football, uh, many of them that are being carried right now in our country. On with me to talk about uh, not only his new work, but also some of these issues that we must talk about here in a America, good friend of mine, and uh, he has been in this fight a long time with me. And uh, he is uh, his, his signature book, uh, the book that he uh, that I am most ac- acquainted with, and you probably are most acquainted with. And if you're not, you should be acquainted with it. It's called "Oh, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation." I met Mason Weaver uh, nearly ten years ago now. Well, it has been ten years ago this year, uh, and uh, it was a yeah. sunny day in um in washington dc when we first met and we have been fast but it's ever since and uh, mason welcome back to the cl bryant show how are you, friend
0: I am great, sir, and thank you for inviting me back. It's always a pleasure to be with you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Mason. Uh, Let me ask you, before we get any further into our conversation or talk about anything else, tell us about your latest work. What's it called, and where can we pick it up?
0: Well, I have the the new book, The the, uh, Democratic Party Hates America. I decided not to put it on Amazon, so it's not on Amazon. You can get it at the, the title, The... Democrat Party hates Or you can go to our new organization site, leave the, the ORG, and get the book there
1: leave the plantation dot o-r-g and you can get the book there uh and uh, the democrat party hates america and they are showing it on uh, in their debates mason why why do you say what was the genesis of writing this book why do you say that why a lot of people are saying hey uh that's true maybe it's not true but you tell us from your point of view uh why you say uh, that.
0: It's just time we stop playing games. It's time we admit the fact. It's hard to admit when your family member hates you. It's difficult. But there's nothing the Democratic Party has ever done in their history that shows anything other than hatred for America, for black people, for children, for families, for white people, for capitalism. They hate everything that we love. And you saw in the debate last night the things that were proud to announce and proud to proclaim is against everything we stand for the a nation.
1: You know, uh, there's something that you bring up that I I really want to get into, and I think both of us, as uh, full disclosure folk, both Mason and I are ministers of gospel, and uh, there's something that I really want to talk to you about, because I've seen this in my pastoring of churches uh, that I've pastored around the country, Uh, but I've seen this, Mason. You mentioned family members. You can tell when a family member doesn't like you. They hate you. And it is true, Americans, that Democrats are a part of the American family. But there are members in the family, and if you have any family around anywhere, you know that there are members of the family that sometimes work against the family's interests. Mason, is that true? Is that how you're relating this to the Democrats?
0: Brother, brother, listen, listen. We had the most unique Civil War family feud in the history of mankind. 360,000 white men died fighting their brothers to free strangers. There was the, I mean what does it take you to take up arms and go and fight and kill your brother for for right and wrong that he was doing. The different Party went to war to keep their slaves. They fought their brothers to keep their slaves. They they invented the the Feather Slaves Act, the Black Codes, the lynching. it was their code. They invented the KKK. they invented the 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 sharecropping, they invented the White Assistant Council, they invented segregation. Gee, when are we going to wake up and realize these people hate us with a passion. And you see right now, if they ruled us, if Nancy Pelosi ruled us, the Trump Schumer ruled us, you can see that hell we'll be facing right now for my family.
1: (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, As far as Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer uh, and, of course, the new squad, as they're called, uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, Presley, Omar, and Tlaib, uh, they don't seem to have much love for what we have traditionally known as America. Mason, when did uh, the Democrat Party hijack then? Because most black folks, evidently, don't understand that there is a, a hatred for America that they are, in fact, supporting. So when did the Democrat well, Party hijack the black vote? How did that happen?
0: Well, the Democrat Party always has a plan for you. Slavery was a plan for you. Segregation was a plan. And once we won our, our freedom from that plantation, they had a plan for us to keep us back. Alive, and once we won the civil rights movement of the '60s, once we, we fought, I ran for the Black Panther Party. We fought, and not to make white folks like us or to the We fought to be free of white people. We fought to to be able to compete in America. And once we won the right to compete, these black Negro slave managers, Cummings and and all of them, civil rights were the marching. they were marching against Democrats. They got up and joined the enemy. And they <clears throat> led their people back into captivity, into dependency, and the ghetto. Right now, the Democratic Party owns every ghetto in America. After the Civil Rights Movement, we went back to master, led by our tribal chiefs, and asked master, right now, every problem facing black people, watch the news, listen to Black Black Matter, listen to New Black Party, listen, listen to Cummings and, and all of the clowns in the Congress. Every, every single black problem we have. Requires white people to do something. They gotta figure that we're slaves. We have no ability to take care of ourselves. And we must take care of, the only thing that's gonna change faster is the family. It's gonna to have to be the individual black family. There'd be no programs, no, no grants. There's nothing that's going to change black people until we develop a real, true black culture based on Christian values.
1: Mason, I'm reminded uh, when you talk about <clears throat> those who joined the uh, Democrat Party in marching uh, back in, the, who joined in with the enemy of black people uh, traditionally in the South uh, and marched back in the 60s, I'm reminded of a quote that Malcolm X uh, uh, said that at the time, back in the time, that any Negro, as we were called then, Mason, you and I were both alive and understand what, what the difference in Negro and the other word is. Uh, and we fought hard just be called Negroes. <laughs> and so and so, and so uh, but, uh, but Malcolm X said that any Negro who uh, voted for the Democrat a Democrat was a traitor to his race and a chump. Malcolm was uh, beat up and derived uh, you, know, uh, you know politically for saying those things then. Uh, even though I don't want to give a lot of credos and, and uh, 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 accolades to Malcolm, Malcolm X, what he said, though, is absolutely true, especially yep. today. Talk to us about it.
0: Look at Congressman John Lewis of Atlanta. He marched across the Peckless Bridge. He was, he was fire holes by Democrats. He was beaten by Democrat cops. They stomped him in the ground. And this guy gets up and joins the Democrat party because they gave him a better set of scraps and food to eat. And he has been presiding over misery and, and drugs. Every place you find Democrats and black people, you find poverty, drugs, teen pregnancy, horrible schools, no jobs, no business, every single place you find them. We're talking about Baltimore and Chicago. Mother, every ghetto in America is owned by these slave drivers, and our people are suffering everywhere you find Democratic control. I do not understand why. When will we get enough? When will we say we're tired of being hustled, we're tired of being pimped, we're tired of being lied to, we're tired of being being killed and murdered, we're tired of it, we're going to go back to the Party of Freedom, we're going to go back to the Republican Party, because Democrats truly hate America.
1: And that is what Mason Weaver's latest work is all about. LeaveThePlantation.org is where you can find Mason's newest work. Mason, when we talk about the Republican Party uh, and the party of freedom, uh, when and how did Republicans lose the battle with black folks? It it seems as though Republicans don't do not Tell their own story. I know Mitt Romney. I told Mitt Romney and uh, uh, Ann Romney at a dinner that I was sitting right there with them when he was running for president. Uh, tell the story about uh, your dad when he was in the governor of, of Michigan, how Detroit was the most prosperous city on earth and black folks were were the most prosperous ethnic group in the country at the time when mitt romney's dad uh, george romney was uh, governor of michigan but something happened mitt never and mitt never even mentioned that as far as i know uh, why why is it that republicans don't tell their story well first
0: of all brother, i think that after the civil war Republicans considered black folks for free, and black folks thought prospering and thriving, so there's no need to do anything special for black people. They, they gave up on it. Secondly, blacks have been trained for hundreds of years to follow instructions and look for leadership and look for guidance. So the the, uh, the, the slaves and those that fought the civil war went back under the tulips, went back under control. And now we have a situation where you have uh, black people that are speaking out against the rulership of master, and we've been harassed and shallow banned and attacked. But why I see now, brother, you, you, Mick Romney and the Republican leadership has been afraid of being called names. They've been afraid to be called racist and mean, so they, they shy away, they shut up, like they got down the truck, who don't care what you call him. You don't care what you call him. So I'm inviting all you white, all you guilty white people. We need you to stop it. We need you to get a backbone. What the heck happened to the Vikings? What are the, what are the English Knights? What are the conquistadors? You Europeans didn't take nothing from nobody. Now you you need you need a safe space and you're shy about the truth. They tell you about your air I'm here for To go to my website, leave the dot I have on that website a certificate of forgiveness. As a a descendant of slaves, I have the authority to forgive you of the guilt of your great-grandfathers. Please get over it and join us. Join us to retake our nation. I don't need to be taken care of. I'm not a pet of white America. You don't owe me a dime. But please stop this guilt. It is giving the enemy power. We need you to stand with us and let's take back our nation once again.
1: Mason, let's talk about my special guest is Clarence Mason Weaver. And uh, he is talking about in his latest work how Democrats hate America. Mason, you bring up something that is very interesting. In this segment, I have about uh, four minutes left, and uh, I want you to start your, your our conversation, And but stay with me through the break. Uh, white guilt. You bring it up. You bring it up very strongly and uh, you uh, lay it out there for everyone who will to see that there is there is a tool, folks, of white guilt. That white, listen, the many thousands of you listening out there, I know that the majority of you, and I know I have many, of course, there's only 12% black folks in this country anyway. So the majority of my my conservative or my or mixed audience, whether they're liberal, libertarians, liberals, or conservatives, uh, most of your faces are white i know that you know that and what mason has mentioned now is this thing called white guilt mason why is that so effective uh got about three minutes start your the conversation with that
0: boy boy I, I think that white people in general are nice and kind but they believe their liberal cousins and brothers that black people are inferior that somebody think that maybe we're just unable because we keep begging for, for help. We keep saying we need affirmative action, we need self-help. We, we, we beg for low-income housing, never high-income housing. We beg for low minimum wage instead of maximum wage. So the nice white people think that maybe we just can't do it so they're kind of gentle, so they want to help us. It is really subtle, soft racism for you to think that I need your help. This weekend, brother, I had a man come to me and say, you know, on, on behalf of the – of the problems that my people did for you. On behalf of, of what my father done with your father, I want to apologize for white people. I said, dude, you paid 150 bucks to get in here to hear me speak. You, you pay, I didn't pay money to hear you speak. You paid money. You, you drove here and you paid money. Why do you think that you're superior to me? Stop it. We have to. If we don't stop this, this white guilt. Okay, folks, listen. Every day you go around town, you work for white people, you're on a bus with white people or black people, you eat. You go to ball games, no problem. And you come home and you turn a dog on TV on and you see that we don't like each other. You see that we're angry. And you believe that nonsense on television. Look around you today. We are middle class. We're working hard like you're working. Love our family like you like your family. And we are Americans and we're patriotic. 25% of our military is black folks. And, we are, you know, and black males, 7% of the population, 25%. We love this nation. So stop bowing down, stand for your right, and we'll stand up with you, and we'll fight with you.
1: I agree. Absolutely agree with that. And folks, I want you to keep in mind, Mason said that we as black people love this nation Uh, out of all of the black soldiers that have uh, fought in wars, every war, every war that this nation has ever fought in uh, black men, black soldiers uh, have fought uh, and men and women have fought in those wars. Not one of them have ever Ever been charged with treason, and uh, in 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 our situation, it is our nation as well as anyone else's. I'm going to return after the break with my good friend uh, Mason Weaver. Get uh, his book. Uh, Democrats hate. America at leavetheplantation.org. He's going to tell you more about that. And we have much, much more to talk about with Clarence Mason Weaver, author also of It's Okay to Leave the Plantation. We'll be back with him when we return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. After these words, don't go anywhere. Be right back.
2: high our hearts are bowing in
1: reverence cl back with you on this great day in the usa as thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation the greatest nation on the face of the earth the greatest success story the world has ever known and that is America my special guest today is Clarence Mason Weaver Mason Weaver uh, is someone who has been a voice, a renowned voice in America uh, for lo these many years and he has been one along with me who trumpets uh, the idea that there is a certain tyranny that black folks have fallen uh, prey to and that tyranny has exclusively Uh, come in these latter years from the Democrat Party. Mason, when we look at uh, what's going on in Baltimore and you see a congressman like Elijah Cummins, who has been in office for 25 years, nearly 26 years, and uh, he has the audacity to blame the ills of Baltimore on republican policy mason i don't get it i don't understand how he can do that with a straight face does he know better uh, or is this just a, a bought-off line that he has been uh paid to say what what's going on with that how is it in, even that black people buy into that kind of thing i'm not even sure they buy into it
0: anymore brother because Donald Trump, that racial Donald Trump, gave $18 billion to that clown's district last year alone. So I, I, you're right. I believe that Cummings knows the truth, but denies the truth, knowing it is true. He accepts the lie, knowing it is a lie. Uh, he gets his money, he got his wealth by serving his Democrat masters. Uh, they, they just want those votes every year. Uh, they know the more miserable you are, the more likely you are to support the Democratic Party. And so he's just a politician. He's an unsaved individual who hates prosperity because he knows that if you make money, you're going to leave his district. Who's going to live there? You make 50 grand a year, you're not going to stay there anymore. He knows that. So if you're on welfare, you're going to stay right there where you are, and you're going to vote for him, and the party knows that. So Trump is calling him out. Trump is the new... Uh, he, he's the sunlight through the darkness And it's exposed to them And now they have to clean up their act He's not going to clean up a lot He's going to just talk He, is, he belongs to the party of liars He will never be truthful He will never admit it He will continue to get his paycheck Right now he's in Europe on our dime Closing around Europe touring Europe On our money With other uh, slave traders Democrats He's taking advantage of us And we're about tired. I'll tell you folks I'm talking to people in, in Baltimore right now, and they get it. They, here's the problem that they have to face. Black people are now working. Pookie and Rayway has a job now, and they're going to go to work every day. go going to work this morning, and this clown is talking about poverty, and they're trying to get out of poverty. The gang members are having jobs right now. The unemployment rate is low. People are now having investment. They've got a 401k program. Folks, they're rediscovering Capitalism is going to be good for us.
1: And it will be good. Capitalism is good, folks. We're not talking about greed. We're talking about free market. Free market is good because it allows people to compete. Mason, you said something that's immortalized in uh, an award-winning film, my film, Runaway Slave. And uh, you said that uh, if you could not go down to the end of the street, whatever street it is in America, folks, your street, whatever it is, whatever color you are, and you could not buy a sandwich at the sandwich shop, uh, then you'd be angry. And if you couldn't open a business uh, on that same street, you'd be angry. But that's not the case anymore, is it, Mason? I mean, there were times when you and I might have been prohibited in this nation, especially in the South, from going down and and opening a business or even buying a sandwich at the business. But uh, that—why is it our young people are wanting to bring back the ghost of Mississippi? What profit does that? What 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 does that profit any uh, people to live in the past?
0: If you think like a slave, you will act like a slave. If you think like a like a prisoner, you will act like a prisoner. The difference between a prisoner and a slave, you're both in those same walls, still combined by those same walls around you, the slave considers himself a slave. He thinks that he gets his money from from master, his his food from master's bowl. If you throw a a rope over that wall to a slave, he thinks you're going to lynch him. He's been taught by master to be afraid of freedom. The prisoner is trying to get out. He's trying to get over that wall. And you throw a rope to a prisoner, he's going to tie it in a knot and climb out. The problem with black folks are handling in the ghetto, all in the ghetto, you find black folks thinking that if, you know, if they burn down master's homes in a riot, master will rebuild their homes. They don't think about buying their own homes. So you have a problem now of perception. Who are you? When, when the, the Greensboro lunch counter sit-in was happening, Clarence Henderson, a, a, other black men, did not sit there hoping to have a sandwich with white people. They didn't care if white folks liked them or not. They wanted to be able to live in a country where they could have their own lunch counter and go into the business of themselves. And that's what the civil rights movement was about. When I won my freedom, when I won the legal, civil rights to go into business, I went into business. Now, did I care then? Did I care today? What white folks or what group did I like me being in business? So, we have to we have to reinstitute capitalism back, back into our, our community. We got to start talking about money and income. When Trump took over office, the stock market was eighteen thousand. Today it's twenty seven thousand. Every black person with a 401 k program has more money, and than thanks to Donald Trump, capitalism works if you work let's go to work
1: folks when we talk about capitalism and the free market mason and then we incorporate the black community into that conversation do black people have a healthy relationship with money is there money in the black community but what then don't they understand about consumerism And those who are producers, is there a difference between the consumer and the producer? Talk to us about it.
0: Absolutely. And and by the way, 75% of black people live above poverty. That means 75% are working. 25% are what we see on TV. 25% live in Cummings District. Uh, They understand investments. they got a 401k program. They understand homes. They understand investing in their homes. The problem is that the ghettoese, uh, those folks, I, I call it ebonics, people who, who live there and, and think and follow master, believes that you make money. We're going to go out and make money. Uh, but you and I know that you go out and get in front of cash flow. You don't make though. you get in front of cash flow. We start teaching and speaking about income. My son, who's a little boy want some Nike shoes, some doggone Michael Jordan Nike tennis shoes. I brought him Nike stock, and he's very happy with me right now at 42 that I brought Nike stock instead of Nike tennis shoes. <laughs> we have to invest. We have to understand how cash is made in America and how profit is made in America. Uh, I knew a drug dealer that said he want he, he to rob a pharmacy. I said, well, why don't you go to school for four years? Instead of paying a bribe to the D.A., you pay taxes, and nobody up, up the old doggone drugstore called a pharmacy, and the cops will protect you instead arrest you. It's to change that way of thinking, brother. And once you change that way of thinking, Let's we'll
1: change our ways. You know, Mason, going back to some of the quotes that you made uh, five years ago now, because this conversation you and I are having is a conversation you and I have been having before there was a Blexit, before there was a, a walk away or, or, or any of that yep. kind of stuff. We were we were talking about uh, these types <laughs> of things, uh, along with uh, our good friend, uh, Star Parker, and, and others, you know. And, uh, of course, Dr. Thomas Sowell is in the film with us, and he we stand on his shoulders and, and and so when we talk about something that you said about uh, master does not want us to love that wife or child, master wants us to love him, what were you saying?
0: Yes. Well, understand. You will die for what you love. You will die defending what you love. So if that black man loved that black woman he would defend that black woman against Master. So he took that black man's love by trickery by and made him love Master. So that woman became a commodity. Those children became a commodity. Your status on, on the plantation became how many babies you made as a slave breeder. How many babies you made for Master was bragging points on your point. And that male ego that would normally kick in to protect your woman and the mother of your children, that, that male ego had to be squished. So the black man starts saying, Oh, she's worthless anyway. She's a B or a C, she's 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 nasty, she's she's easy, and he became he put her down because if he didn't put her down, he had to defend her. Now today in the black community, we got these breeders still making babies for master to take care of on welfare. The black woman is still highly disrespected and unhonored and he's putting her down because if you had an ego, black man, you would be honoring your woman and the children that you have, and you were raised in yourself, you'll be in the home checking up instead of maybe, maybe sitting to check home. And that's what we have to bring back, that, that ego of the black man, the ego, the, the pride in how you take care of your family. And it begins with that woman. She is, the, she is the beginning. That woman is the beginning of your worship to God. Take care of her.
1: Wow, that was heavy, man. And i got to tell you something, folks. When you listen to the lyrics, and uh, it's part of my my job to investigate some of everything, especially lyrics and uh, uh, items in media that do affect our culture, there's no question that the hip-hop generation uh, leading to the rap and gangster rap uh, uh, music has affected the culture. And something you've just said, Mason, does... Uh, ring absolutely true when we listen to this music there is an absolute disregard from the black male in those songs toward the black female Mason what then has allowed or caused our daughters our black daughters and, and, and to buy into this image that is painted of them by the black male talk to us
0: Amen, brother. I have two beautiful teenage granddaughters. They're 14 and 16 years old. They're drop-dead gorgeous, highly intelligent, and because they're my granddaughters, they're also self-aware. And they've noticed even white boys and black boys that talk to them, soon they see them assume things about them, just because of the color of their skin, they assume that they're easy, they assume that they're r- ratchet, and they, 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 I had a white boy at the, at the hotel I was speaking at. The white boy used the N-word because he thought that all black folks used the N-word on each other. So, therefore, he thought he could do that. that thinking that you're easy, ask them sexual questions within the five minutes of meeting them. And black men are the cause. We Because we rule. And we're the cause. And so, unless we respect that woman, if, if your female is a dog... With the B word, then that's, that's your mother, so what does that make you? A son of a dog. We don't have enough respect for ourselves. We don't think that we can really protect that woman. We don't believe that we can really compete against America. We don't think that white folks will let us do things. So our ego is busted, so we have to take it out on our children and our wives. If black men know that everything black men think they can do, Pastor, everything that we believe we can do, we absolutely totally dominate football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, tennis, Pimpy women selling dope. We dominate everything that we think we can do. I'm calling on black men to think you can take care of those children, protect their wife, and own the business.
1: Mason Weaver is my special guest, folks, here today. So glad to have him on. The conversation is always so stimulating when he is on with us. he is the author of uh, "It's Okay to Leave the Plantation." His latest work can be found at LeaveTheplantation.org. dot org. Democrat Party hates. He describes how the Democrat Party hates uh, America, and folks, you know that uh, the way through through their actions, through their actions, uh, you are seeing them by their fruit. You know them, and so Mason, let's then talk about uh, real racism. Uh, in this country now you and I are both old enough we came through the civil rights era we came through a time when uh, when someone called you the n-word uh, you they knew how to say it so that a black person could feel it and know it I, I have been called uh, uh, the n-word by real real racist uh, you know and 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 today yep. you, you have all these uh, I don't know drugstore races running around that Democrats try to to to, uh to 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 uh but but you and i we have known real racists i want you to tell the story before we get into this got about three minutes left in this segment but stay with me through the break tell the story you take this three minutes to tell the story to set up our next segment uh, of, of how you were injured on a job and uh you were looking into the eyes of the person who to talk to us about that here for the next three minutes
0: August 11th, the date is coming up, 1971, a right racist that I knew on my ship. I ordered him to help me move some steel plates out the way because I was his superior, and I thought he was a competitor, not an enemy. So I commanded my enemy to take control of 2,800 pounds of steel. And another black guy behind me, and this guy on, on the right of me, and I saw the look in his eyes. When I saw the look in his eyes, Pastor, I started to run. I knew that look. It was pure evil. And he shifted that weight, and a ton of a half of steel fell on me and crushed me against that steel wall, that bulkhead in the navy. And it broke both hips, crushed my pelvis in eight places, ruptured three three rails, my bladder, my spleen, uh, crushed my knees. And I I, st- I was screaming. I looked up and saw the look of hatred in his eyes as he stood over me. And I never screamed again in my life. I stopped screaming. You're not going to see me die screaming at you. And that and, and that was it. I mean I had a lot of things in my life, racial things in my life, where well, this this dude tried to kill me because of the color of my skin. That male ego was telling me about caused me to spend the next decade hating everything white. I did. I was done with America. I was done trying to compromise. I was done trying to find common ground. I became an angry black man with the Berkeley, hang up the black press, police, the black student unions. I speak for him today. I was against America, not because I did not love America. I did not think America loves me. And that, these, these crowd nowadays somehow, you know, the white man did me wrong. All that stuff. So he tried to carry a ton and a half. It took a spiritual heart transplant to get me back in line with who I was, brother, because I hated. I broke up with a girl because she had a white dog. How dare you bring this <laughs> white dog into my house? That that kind of hatred is keeping and she was beautiful she was beautiful too, man. I get how dare you bring this white dog <laughs> That that you know when, when God healed me, brother, I, I discovered when God healed my heart, I discovered that hatred was a bigger burden in terms through life. Than 2,800 pounds of steel. So that what would happen in America if black folks forgave white people? What would happen if the bloods forgave, forgave the Crips? What would happen if, if, if the North would forgive the South? We would be a better nation. I had to forgive that white guy before I found him again, before he apologized, before I got out of safe space, before I I had reparations. I had to forgive him because God Almighty had forgiven me my sins. And when I forgave him, America, when I forgave. God forgave me, and he healed me. He will heal us. We stop dragging all this stuff in our past through life and forgive everything that's happened to us because it doesn't belong to us if we belong
1: to God. Amen to that. You're listening to The C.L. Bryant Show. My special guest is Mason Weaver, Clarence Mason Weaver, and we will return with him after this brief word with more. C.L. Bryant Show. Don't you go anywhere. Be right back
0: worth so you came and changed my life you thought I was worth even so you cleaned me up inside you thought I was to die for
2: so you sacrifice Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying Alexa
1: Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. DL back with you on this great day in the USA and my special guest is none other than Clarence Mason Weaver and he is the author of the book It's Okay to Leave the Plantation newest work is uh, explaining and identifying to all of us how Democrats Hate America. Find that at the, the org. You know, Clarence, um, you and I, I know, have been called uh, a lot of names uh, since we began this journey. And it was just so funny to me. Uh, you, you broke up with a, a girl because uh, she had the audacity to bring a white dog to your house. And uh, no, she <laughs> should have known better than that. That's just how. Listen, racism. Is that does create that type of bitterness, and and especially uh, when you haven't forgiven. And Mason found uh, the cure uh, in his heart. Jesus Christ was the answer for that, and uh, through through forgiveness. But let, let me let me and, and and you mentioned something earlier about uh, the, the the white kid, white boy who gets on the elevator or in the hotel with you, and he thought it was okay to use the N word with you because he hear hear black folks use the N word with each other all the time. Uh, story. Uh, uh, I was at a, a store going into it, a little white kid, hip-hop white kid came, comes out, and he says, What's going on, dog? What's up, dog? And and uh, <laughs> I, I was never so outdone. <laughs> I was so outdone by something. Oh. But anyway, he might well call me the N-word, call me a dog, man, as far as I was concerned. But, uh, but well, just, well. just... Yeah, you know, you know. And so... Uh. Let me ask you this, though, Mason, when we're talking about real racism, you and I have been called all kinds of names by our own folks, by our own folks, the same skin color, at least I'm yep. saying. And uh, but you and I and I'm not talking about this literally, folks, but I'm talking about it in a figurative sense. It's people like Mason Weaver and and Dr. Thomas Sowell and myself and uh, Star Parker. We're the Nat Turners. We're not the Uncle Toms. We're the Nat Turners. We're the people who actually look for revolution and look for change. It's the Elijah Cummings and the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jackson who are really what we so call the house Negroes. But they have flipped that script uh, on us and made other folks believe it. Mason, talk to us about real racism talk to us
0: they, they, they certainly have brother they certainly have they have a situation where they think success is how many people are on welfare they think success is how much we get to white people they count success is how well they've been taken care of so they'll sit there in the ghetto with no food, with rats and where we'll like rats you got poison you got lead in the paint your kids are going to unproductive schools, teach your kids how to, I, I call it game on 101. you you got to, you see that, and then Donald Trump comes in, says $18 billion to your community in one year, and he, he lowers the taxes. Here's Donald Trump. Here's Donald Trump, who, who work with black celebrities to free black prisoners, and also get ready to execute a white racist, and your leaders call him a racist, and you don't have enough sense to figure out who your real enemy is. That's
1: our problem. Right. And and again, we go back to the fact that people like uh, Elijah Cummins and the Com- C- Congressional Black Caucus, they know better than what they are saying. James Clyburn, I know he knows better than what he is saying, but he says he it anyway. And 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 Mason, you were talking so, about... So pastor? pastor no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mason. Look, CJ,
0: if you know that he knows better. If, you, if you're if you convinced that he knows better, that means the truth is irrelevant to him. That means something else is going on. If, if you deny the truth, knowing it is true, that, that the hardest thing in the world, brother, is to awake somebody who is pretending to be asleep. He hates his people. For you to purposely perpetuate these things that you know will increase the death and the poverty and the filth and the disease for your people if you refuse to do things you know correct corrected you must therefore by definition hate them
1: Let me uh, ask you about this, uh, Mason, news item. Chicago, two women who worked as peacekeepers on Chicago's south side were shot and killed in the neighborhood they worked to protect. Chantel Grant, 26, and Andrea Stardemeyer, 36, were both mothers uh, combined of four children. They were standing on a corner where the peacekeepers normally stand uh, in order to keep watch on their community when an suv pulled around and shot them both it is certainly one that the police are suspecting is gang related now as bad as i hate to make this leap i do need to ask you this question do you think that the failed policies Of progressive liberal cities, Democrat progressive liberal cities like Chicago and Baltimore, Houston, New Orleans, New York City. Are they really the culprits in this type of murder? I know the Democrats try to blame Trump and guns for it, but I don't believe that that's the truth. Talk to us, Mason Weaver. Uh, They also do not
0: believe in the truth. They know it wasn't Trump. They know it wasn't the guns. They know the truth. But it gives them an excuse. Letting black folks get killed in the streets, give them a reason to go the guns of, of us. So these young women were the victims of, of no culture. Uh, if, if you're going to go out and kill someone who is bringing peace, if you're going to shoot someone who's bringing peace, that means you want the opposite. You do not want peace. Uh, You got drug dealings on the streets of Chicago. If a 10 year old child can find a drug dealer, how come a 30 year old cop cannot find a drug dealer? They want this. You will not have the current mayor of of Chicago in power if Chicago was a stable community, if the black community was making money and raising their family. They only survive in its atmosphere. That's why I wrote the book. I'm just tired of pretending like they're just a loyal opposition. All their existence, they have been hateful and discrimination and, and terror. They're the biggest hate group in America. You cannot think of one proposal. You listen to last night to these debates, Listen tonight to the debate. You will not hear one single solitary proposal that you say is okay. They hate everything you love, and, it, and they, if they get power, folks, you will be back in slavery and miserable because they know the more miserable you are the more you're to give up your rights for safety and security. That's why they want to control your health care, your insurance, your housing. They want to control your schools. They want to control everything you do because if they control it, you will serve them and not your family.
1: Mason, you are also quoted in my film, Runaway Slave, as saying something that I have used over and over again for the last five years since you said it on that pier. I think we were down in Oceanside, uh, California, uh, when we uh, shot uh, uh, the, the segment with you. You said the slave does not necessarily seek comfort. Then what is it that the slave seek, Mason Weaver? Or not, the slave does not the necessarily slave seek, see, the slave doesn't necessarily seek freedom. you said the slave does, uh, usually seeks comfort. Talk to us about that.
0: No, the, the slave wants to please master. When the Union troops came into the community, many slaves fought the Union troops because they thought that, that my dog is the same thing, my dog will protect me. The slaves were trained and bred to believe that all their power and source of living came from masters. Today, the, the Democratic Party tells black folks in the hood that all your benefits, all your medical, comes back. That's, they, they seek to please their master. But today, brothers, today the they're waking up. Today the they, they watch cable TV. They watch these crowds on the last days, raise their hands and say, we're going to give free health care to illegals. They'll say, What? Wow, wait a minute. you going to get a new, a new slave coming in here? They recognize. Like I said before, man, 75% of black people live in poverty, means you're going to tax black people to give free health care and free schools to Mexicans. We are waking up. And, brother, your program here is a beacon in the sky. It's a place to gather. It's a place. So you keep preaching the gospel of truth. Because they are got they're listening up, they're, they're thinking. And you cannot think and stay a Democrat.
1: Amen. And let me tell you, folks, I I thank uh, Mason Weaver for his voice. And uh, yesterday, uh, my good friend Sean Hannity had me on with him on his radio program. We did a a pretty long segment together. And uh, this is the thing that uh, you have said to Mason, that Americans, regardless of color of skin, we need each other. But we have to embrace our core values, the type of things that have made this nation great. If they go away Believe me, black folks, especially all of you who are listening across nation uh, to the show today, we're the first to suffer as far as that's concerned. But Elijah Cummins and people like him, they don't care. Baltimore is living proof of that. Detroit was living proof of that. It's trying to rebound, trying to rebuild, but it's still living proof of progressive, liberal and with the aid and abetting of black Congressmen and legislators that had, that brought it to its knees. Mason, tell the folks one more time how to get a hold of your work. Got about a minute left. Give us give us that information.
0: You can find me at uh, leave the plantation dot org, uh, dot com. Uh, but also, I want to make point, folks, that that Baltimore is the way it is because they want it that way. There's no mistake. So get my book, support me, bring up the. I to Speak, I make my living off of your love. So I appreciate all the love you can get, brother.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, God bless you and God keep you, man. And uh, <laughs> I certainly hope that uh, you all will get. Take care, uh, sir. God uh, bless God, you, too. God bless and keep you. I'm C.L., and this is the C.L. Bryant Show. And uh, that was my special guest, Mason Weaver. And, Mason, uh, continue to fight the good fight. Uh, I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. And all of you out there, let's join together and fight the good fight uh, here in America together. We have much more in common uh, as as a nation, and the, the nation is made up of everyone uh, in it. Our, our, our nationality is not uh, the color of our skin. Our nationality is American. And uh, no, America is not uh, a place that uh, welcomes everyone. Huh? Did you hear me? It's not. It's a place that welcomes people who want to become Americans. The problem is that we do not understand. That we cannot welcome everyone, especially those who are uh, of the mindset that they want to subvert the American culture without assimilation. That is how you get an Omar who was born in Mogadishu, Somalia. Family brings her to America. The land of the free, the home of the brave. The land of plenty the wealthiest nation on the face of the planet. Much different than the place where she was born and brought here from. Yet, because she did not properly assimilate, or perhaps she bought into some crazy talk about our nation, she now preaches how America is not a great nation, even though she comes from Mogadishu, Somalia. And has had now the opportunity to be elected to the greatest body of legislators in the world. We'll talk about it after the news. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. Lovers of liberty know what it's like to be marginalized by mainstream and conservative media. This is a platform that speaks your language. We are the Loving Liberty Radio Network.